This episode of Juice Guru Radio is brought to you by TriBest, making healthy living easy, and the Juice Guru Rewind at JuiceGuruRewind.com. Well, welcome. Welcome to Juice Guru Radio. Discover what the magic and power of juicing can do for you. And now, your host, best-selling author of The Complete Idiot's Guide to Juice Fasting, Steve Prusak. Hello and welcome to another edition of Juice Crew Radio. I'm your host, Steve Prusak. Today we've got Anita Sanchez, PhD, Aztec and Mexican-American, transformational leadership consultant, speaker, coach, and author of the new international bestseller, The Four Sacred Gifts, Indigenous Wisdom for Modern Times. She's here. She's going to be right here after this. So stay tuned. Great to juice some tea, water. We'll be back right after this with Anita Sanchez. Did you know you can make a great living in the hottest new business trend today? The Juice Guru Certification Program is the world's first online course to give you the knowledge and marketing skills to excel as a juicing coach and start making money in no time. Find out more at JuiceCoachTraining.com. Hello and welcome back to Juice Crew Radio. So we've got Anita Sanchez here. Her new book, The Four Sacred Gifts, Indigenous Wisdom for Modern Times, is an international bestseller. We're going to hear all about that, her teachings, the four sacred gifts and more. Let's welcome to the show right now, Anita Sanchez. Hello. Thank you for inviting me here. And I'm excited for all your viewers and listeners to, to get in on all this information. Thank you, Anita. And, you know, we've got to get this information out there. So what's going on in the world today? What are some of the things that you're dialed into that you're trying to share with your tribe and, and what led to writing this book? Yes. Well, what led to it is listening to the indigenous wisdom of elders from different traditions all over the world. And they came together in the 90s, 27 of them, in response to the fact that we have lost, we have forgotten our connection to people, earth, and spirit and as long as we do that, if we don't remember, then we'll create more and more suffering. And so that, and that's what we're seeing is a lot of needless suffering to the point that, you know, it's, it's of those kinds of proportions that it's a determining factor whether we choose to understand our unity with nature, with the earth, with each other, or that we continue to destroy species, destroy the environment, um, and of course, we all want healthy, thriving lives for ourselves and hopefully for the other species as well. Was this a lifelong passion? Like what led to this journey of waking up to what we're doing to the planet and ourselves? Yes. Well, for me, it, it really came down to I was actually losing hope. And I don't know if that's happened to any of your listeners or viewers, but I was in the 90s. I do a lot of work in corporate world and I was working in and still do on bringing together people from different parts of the world across all sorts of differences, gender, race, culture, ethnicity. And what I was finding is that things weren't changing fast enough. There was just so much still negative talk, hatred, uh, violence, and I began to lose hope. And then in volunteering, I, with the Native uh, Americans um, back in the mid-90s, I was present to this hoop, this beautiful hoop with a hundred eagle feathers and that these elders had come together and put these four sacred gifts for all of us, not just indigenous people, but for all humanity to use these gifts so that we could remember our connection to people, earth, and spirit. Well, let's, I've got some notes here on your teachings. So let's start with this. What is the, the four sacred gifts? Yeah, that's really critical. And they're no secret. We already have them so we can use them. So the four, first gift is the power to forgive the unforgivable. And you think about that, the unforgivable, 
We all have our different notions of what that is, but we have that power. The second gift is the power of unity. Unity that it will take for us, all of us, to understand our connection, to care for one another, to create harmony and balance. The third gift is the incredible gift of healing and wholeness. Uh, and I think about your juice guru and going through your site. And I'm just thinking, we have to start from the inside out. It's outside in job, but it starts from the inside out. So what is that? Are, are we caring and healthy in terms of ourselves? But then how do we treat each other? So that healing process. And then the fourth gift is the gift of hope in action. So to expand on that, you also teach about the Eagle Hope Prophecy. And how does that, what is the importance of that? Yes. Well, the Eagle Hope Prophecy is how this all came together. And it was from a vision back in 1994 of an elder, a Mohican elder, who in his vision, it's different than a dream. A vision is really a call, a bigger call uh, from different traditions. And in that call, he was informed that he was to bring together elders from all over the world to just send out that message and that together they were to create this one hoop with four different colors, the four people, groups of people, one hoop because we're one human race, but we came with these different earth suits. So there's the red, the yellow, the white, and the black, but together as one and that we all have our different medicine, our different traditions, our different gifts, but they were always meant to be together. And it's time, it's time now that we bring all those gifts together so that we can create harmony and balance so that we can have long-term, you know, thriving earth and living situation for our children and our children's children and other species' children. Yeah, that, that, that would be, you think we'd all be in alignment on that. So, you know, there are lots of challenges out there. What, what do you see as some of the biggest stumbling blocks right now to creating unity and care for ourselves and the planet? Yes, but I think the first thing is that people, so many people see themselves as separate. There's a lot of focus on individuality and it's not bad. And that hoop doesn't mean you get rid of the individual, but the imbalance is having that we don't think about the we and how we're connected and that we need each other. There's nothing, absolutely nothing that we do alone. Even sitting here breathing, you know, I get to thank the trees and the plants, you know, for, for changing the carbon into this oxygen that we're breathing. Um, everything. I've got my PhD, but I didn't do that alone. A lot of people helping me along the way, supporting me. And that's true for all of us. So the first thing that we, I see that's causing a lot of the suffering is this illusion of separateness and that we truly are not separate. We are very much connected in everything I do. If I do, do well by you, if I do good to you, treat you with dignity, I not only do that to you, but I do that to the earth and to the spirit. And if I hurt the earth, I not only hurt the earth, but I hurt the people and I hurt the spirit. So it's all connected. And so that, oh, if we could change that mindset of understanding that this separateness is actually hurting us, separating our head from our heart, separating what we put into our bodies as if it has nothing to do with how well we feel and the way we can give and contribute in the world. If we're running on, you know, horrible, not nutritious kinds of things, I don't even want to call it food, then of course we're not going to be able to be present to each other, caring human beings as we're intended to be. 
Yeah, and it's it's less than it ever would. Uh, it's less than it ever was because what they're finding now is we're we're more disconnected than ever. We used to have a group of friends we can confide in. They find now we have maybe one to one and a half on the average. Um, and they say maybe it's social media that's creating this false sense of connectedness. What do you think some of those issues are and how can we overcome those? Well, I agree with you in terms of the assessment that's out there. I'm not going to give up my smartphone. I'm not going to give up my computer. I mean, look, we're able to communicate with each other. It's wonderful. However, you can't Google wisdom. That means we need to close these things down sometimes and give what we need. In life, we all need oxygen. We need rest. We need nutrition. We need um, uh, water. And we need community. A baby will die if it does not have connection. And so it's true of adults. We look for different ways to get connection. And so I, that whole sense, again, of how we change the mindset is to understand that we need, this is life-giving to us to have this connection. Yeah, I mean, it's true. Here I am because of technology. Here we are connecting and, and our friends that are watching right now, we're all connected to them. And it's phenomenal. We've never had this before. Exactly. I'm, that's why I said, I don't think it's about giving it up, but it's also not having it be the illusion. In my life, I've gone through lots of different traumas and experiences from a little girl and, and in adulthood, I mean, talk about racism and sexism and all these, the violence against women and all those things. What I found is that separateness, that notion, I used to build a wall, um, what I call my armor, and I didn't let anything get in because it would hurt me. But what I realized is that I think we're all walking around unconscious with a lot of armor for lots of various reasons. But when you begin to lower that, you realize it was keeping out some of the bad stuff, but it was keeping out the good stuff too. And so once you begin to really look at your wholeness, your connection, to each other and to the earth, then you begin to understand we're part of this abundance. We're not separate. And it, it is giving to us. And so then we'll be able to be more resilient. We're able to forgive and use the different gifts of unity, healing, and hope. Right. I mean, you say in those agreements or those, um, those sacred gifts, you say, forgive the unforgivable. I mean, I could see that as being a huge challenge. How do we you know, begin to embrace that idea? Well, I think the first thing is that we need to realize what forgiveness is not. <laughs> and I was mistaken by that too. And I think that's why it took me a little longer. Forgiveness doesn't mean that you forget what happened, the mistreatment or hurt. Um, forgiveness doesn't mean that you're weak or that you're betraying your group of people. If it was one of those big hurts that was to whole groups of people or to the earth. But rather, forgiveness means that you can actually seek justice it just means that we love ourselves enough to let go and forgive so that we can free up our energy to focus on what we want to create. And that was my, for me, that is all four gifts are very powerful and they're very much interlinked. But that forgiving the unforgivable, I have to say, was a huge path to freedom for me really understand what it means to be free. Now, in some of the work you've done working with companies to become more inclusive and functional, what were some of the keys that you've learned that we can all take to create that in our own lives? Well, one of the things that I found is that, um, and when I work with groups and companies are so more open to this now, I remember in the days when I would say, okay, we're going to meditate and we like do one minute. Everybody loved that. But then when we moved to two, the feedback would be that's a little too long. But it is about getting still and quiet 
And it doesn't mean a lot of time. It doesn't mean you have to sit for 40 minutes, an hour, and do all of that, although I think that's wonderful. It's just taking moments to be quiet, to understand what's happening inside ourselves. And then to be able, with that practice, you begin to do that with others. And how you can begin to do this, I think, in a very easy way is to, what I do several times a day, definitely in the morning and the evening as part of my practice, is to be of gratitude, to think of all the things that I'm grateful for. And they don't have to be huge things. It's just, hey, I woke up. That's, that is a huge thing, you know? And then, and then I have this wonderful family or, look, I get to be outside. It's cold, bundle up and be in these trees. I mean, it's just, um, and be able to serve people who, who are hurting, who want to have community, but have, have been so traumatized and hurt that they find it difficult or who are so hurt. You must hear some of this because I make up the story of people who care about nutrition. They care about the earth because we're not going to have the healthy, nutritious food if we, if we destroy the earth, if we destroy the clean water. So it's important for us to get some quiet time to understand what's going on inside ourselves from the head to the heart and back again, and then between each other. And gratitude is one of the paths to do that. Well, I wore, I wore the right shirt for you then. You sure did. I love that shirt. <laughs> be great. In gratitude. Be grat- yeah, be gratitude for those be listening gratitude. on the radio. I just yeah. happen to be wearing, but everything happens for a reason. I love that. It does. You know, another thing in the book you mentioned, you quote the elders uh, as talking about one human race. And how, how do you think about going beyond oneness, beyond, you know, gender and race? How do you think of that and, and just, you know, define it that way? Well, I don't know that it's, it's, it's not leaving it behind because I think we lose people. So part of our beauty, so we talk about the great mystery, you can call it creator, God, Allah, universe, energy, all different sorts of names, is that there are no mistakes. So we are meant to be in these different body suits and we have different gifts, but we are meant to be one. But how do we do that? And that's why I wrote this book because these gifts spirit gave to these 27 elders because i asked how did you come up with four gifts there's thousands of gifts they said no spirit told us these four gifts if you practice forgiving the unforgivable healing unity and hope in action you will remember how to be in right relationship with yourself with other human beings with the earth and spirit and so that's what i think sometimes is missing we can throw out this oneness but we, how do we do that? And what I found for the last 22 years, using these four gifts in my personal life and using them with leaders of corporations and their teams, that it has made a difference. It's made a huge difference in how they care for themselves, care for others, and begin to connect in that it's not, you know, it's again, the earth matters. It matters what we're doing to the other creatures uh, and the various elements of, of our world. We're with international bestseller Anita Sanchez, PhD. Her new book, international bestselling, The Four Sacred Gifts, Indigenous Wisdom for Modern Times, published by Simon & Schuster. You can get your copy at Amazon.com, the usual culprit. She's got a copy right there if you're able to uh, tune into that. And and also your website, Anita, is it up on your website? Yes. If you go to foursacredgifts.com, and please do, foursacredgifts.com, you can learn a whole lot more. And you can download the free song that I wrote along with some 
uh, professional writers and, and, and musicians. Uh, and, and you can download that. And it's beautiful. It has a lot of the concepts that are in the book. In the book, so we see the word uh, indigenous there. What does that term mean? How, how can the average person connect with that idea even? Well, the reality of, of this is that we all are indigenous to the planet, to the earth, right? So in that respect, it's all of us. We are one. And that fits with, our, um, with most indigenous people's worldview, that we are one relation. So we talk about all our relations. However, in modern times, when we talk about indigenous, we're really talking about groups of people all over the world. There are indigenous people all over the world who have kept the traditions, the original knowledge and instructions about how to be one with the earth and with each other. You know, every summer, I take a group of people into the depths of the Amazon, the sacred headwaters in Ecuador, Ecuador of the Amazon, and we stay with several different um, tribes, the Ashwa and the Sapra. And when people, one of the main things they realize very quickly is they begin to, as they learn about their connection to the earth and get connected to their purpose and things, is they realize these people, they don't talk about living in the rainforest. They talk about being part of the rainforest. Just imagine what it'd be like if we all talked about and treated the earth where we live as being part of rather than separate, you know, like that I am part of this. This is, this is me. I am it. It's, you don't talk about them as being, you know, you can't survive. The rainforest depends on those human beings and how it cares. And the human beings depends on that rainforest. And so it's a mutually beneficial relationship. And um, that when we talk about indigenous, we're all called to care, but those indigenous people are the ones who have not lost that connection to the earth. When we look back at some of, you know, what these, uh, you know, these tribes were able to create tens of thousands of years ago and how in tune they were with the earth and the planets and, you know, and weather and everything. And we look at how things are now and that this disconnect, do you think we've lost some of that wisdom along the way? We have, and the good news is that people are starting to turn back and to realize, hey, it's not about giving up on the new technology and understandings. That's really important. But there's also some of this knowing that's inside of each one of us that elders, the wisdom keepers of the various traditions, are here and ready to share with us. It's no longer these private ceremonies. And some of those exist, but mostly it's about all of us stepping forward in the call to be who we're meant to be, to share our gifts and do it in a way that it's in right relationship and care and treating a dignity ourselves, each other, and the earth. Well, we can agree that, uh, that the native people have developed resi resiliency um, and everyone could agree about that. I mean, here they survive all kinds of uh, genocide, right? Genocide. That's why I just so, I so honor the elders from all over the world who, you know, when they put these gifts in there, they said, Forgive the unforgivable. We're talking about people who still, even today, many parts of the world are still under siege. And yet, they're the very ones who said, no, forgive, no love, be in unity, care for the earth. Because they know this is the truth of how we're going to not only survive, but thrive. And that's in question. Scientists have that in question. The indigenous wisdom keepers, the elders, were the first scientists. And so we're seeing modern science is really affirming all the things that they, they were teaching us from the beginning. Amazing. 
Yes. And, and especially when we look at the times we're in now and there's more division, there's more fear and anger overall. You could just look at your Facebook feed to see the contrast. Um, how can the four sacred gifts help us to respond to these negative emotions and, and divisiveness that's just kind of an epidemic right now? Well, what you realize in these gifts, fundamental to all of these gifts, is one of the practices that Native people, Indigenous people have had for a very long time, and that is listening. And so I think we have to slow down because if we're caught up in emotion, anger, angst, huge anxiety, then we move to action and not in a centered way. So we create more chaos, more anger and angst. And if we slow down and we just listen, Listen with the softest part of your ear. Listen with your heart to what is really happening. And we do that. Then we're slowing down the amygdala and that flight, flight, freeze, and all the other kinds of things that modern science tells us that indigenous elders were telling us from the beginning too. And then we can choose to act in a way that we've allowed ourselves the time to see what really is going to be. I use the word life-giving. Because I, it's a choice for all of us. We get to either be good medicine or bad medicine. Good medicine is anyone or anything that brings into alignment the spiritual, um, mental, emotional, and physical plane. And we all have that ability. And different things, nature has that ability to help do that, bring us into alignment. Or we can choose to be bad medicine and create more harm. So I think one of the things is to just slow down and practice listening being still, quieting, not speaking, but just being, we don't, you know, one of the things that I'm realizing is that we have all these peace talks happening. We need some peace listening. And it starts with ourselves. It starts whether we're talking about nutrition. Listen, if I'm having this not feeling well, my stomach reacts after I eat certain wheat product, all those kinds of things. If I get still and listen, then I can address what's not working, right? You know all this from your beautiful work that you're doing that I so appreciate. And, um, and that's what we need to be doing in our relationships with each other. Mm, and then that'll transfer over to relationships with the earth and everything else. It does, it does start with ourselves. It's funny how we could think, you know, we, we, we put ourselves out to try to help when we need a lot of help inwardly, don't we? Yes. And even this book, you know, at first when I was writing, I said, oh, well, I'm doing this for the elders. I'm getting this wisdom and I just, you know, I feel like I'm like Twitter. Okay, go here, go here. These beautiful, amazing women and men who've been the traditional elders. And then I had to get still and, you know, that sounds very altruistic. But I'm part of this circle too. So what is it doing for me? And it's been a healing process for me. It's been a huge healing process for someone who, you know, has endured in early life, huge economic hardship, um, lots of racism and sexual violence as well. And so this whole process is a healing process. And if we look at everything, not just the good things, but the tough things too, is like, hmm, what, are the, what is this here bringing to me? And I don't mean that in a Pollyanna way. I mean that really, I know that to be true in the decades of my life now, that this, this is really a wonderful gift that we have to be able to be one with each other, to use these four gifts on a daily basis. And we can actually learn from the struggle. 
Yes. Well, that's how, you know, people talk about, that's how we get the, the, the muscles is by lifting the weights. Now, some of the muscles that I've gained, I don't want to have other people gain the muscle the same way. And I think that's a part of the process we're in right now about violence against different people, women, um, different people of color, hearing about the policemen being killed. And, you know, you just you can go get beside yourself and you realize, all right, what is the action that I can do to, to, to be part of the change? And that actually ultimately is how the book came about. I didn't know I was going to tell you this quick little story, but I was so upset three years ago. I'd already started writing this book, but it was kind of on the side, sort of moving along. And I got so upset. I thought, okay, Anita, if you're this upset, you obviously are still not doing enough. What is it can do? So I decided to go talk to the most influential people I know, which are people in the Transformational Leadership Council. That's people like John Gray, Jack Canfield, Marianne Williamson, you know, big reach people all over the world doing transformation. And I went and spoke to them and they, you know, let's like encourage like, oh, that is so powerful. You need to write this. But in the audience was a new member. And afterwards, she kept asking me a lot of questions and said, that should be a book, what you talked about. And I said, you know, who are you? And she said, I'm a publisher with Simon and Schuster, a new member, and we want your book. And that's how it came to be. And I think the universe responds big ways, little ways, daily. You know, I, I so believe in miracles. I so believe in, you know, us being here. Who knew I was going to be talking to the juice guru, you know? And whoever else is listening, how this could change lives. These are all miracles. And, and the world answers, the universe answers. So using these four gifts puts us in a flow and energy of gratitude of caring, of what the elder said, understanding that we are truly one. We are connected to ourselves, our head and hearts, to each other, and to the earth and all other beings. What a beautiful book. And yeah, and, and the timing does seem right. This is the time right now. It does feel like that, doesn't it? It's, people just like, how could this, you know, all be happening? And, and just, we're about to go into uh, next month will be the second two-year anniversary of Standing Rock. And, you know, regardless of whether you stand around all of those issues, we all know water is basically essential. You cannot have life without water. We need oxygen, we need water, and we need nutrition. So, you know, we've got to learn how to care for this and, what, and, and ask really clear questions about what we're doing, what our behaviors and the implications of that will be by not treating our water as sacred treating ourselves as sacred since we're mostly water yeah i mean all three need to be kept clean all three i mean yes <laughs> absolutely so what are some tangible steps we can take now so we can become less isolated and more connected what are some suggestions you might have well let me start with some hope because i think it's written about a lot now that people say oh that hope doesn't really matter but for indigenous people again you're talking about people who have been the genocide in different parts of the world and still under siege is that despite facts to the contrary, hope is an energy source and it's inside of every one of us. So as you're listening to this or watching, I hope that you can, I hope that you can go inside and think about when is the time in your life or that you've observed somewhere else where it just seemed like, no, there's no way that this could work out. There's, and yet, something happens. And hope can be brought about by, I'm going to invite everyone to please dream. 
vision of what's possible. The worst is when people become cynical and say, oh, I haven't dreamed in years. I just don't believe in that. It's like, that is a pool. Lots of our industry and technology was developed because people had the ability to vision, to image something that didn't exist. And that is true for all of us, that we can vision, and then that vision can pull us to be in right action, to heal the traumas between each other and the hurt, to bring ourselves to care about the earth and the water um, and all the species. We have that capacity. So that's one of the biggest places, I think, listening and then gratitude, and then I think is so important to just draw on that choice. Hope is a choice. No one can take away your hope. And I'm talking from someone who's experienced a lot of hurts in the streets and so like, and seen things that are very despairing. I work with people in mooring countries. No one can take away your hope. It is an energy source that's infinite, and you get to choose to draw on it or you get to choose to not draw on it. Tanita Sanchez right here on Juice Crew Radio. We'll have links to her website and the book, The Four Sacred Gifts, Indigenous Wisdom for Modern Times. Anita, thank you so much for being here on the show. We're going to take some questions from the Juice Crew Rewind, so stick around for that in just a minute. Uh, but thank you, Anita. Anything to say? I mean, that just wrapped it up beautifully, but anything that we didn't touch on or anything else to say in closing before we close out the radio show here? You know, just thank you so much for inviting me here and thank all of you who are watching and listening and go to foursacredgifts.com and you can learn more and get that, get that song so that you can remind you as well as, of course, continue to watch this video and, um, and listen to the radio. Thank you, Anita Sanchez, right here on Juice Guru Radio. And if- thank you for listening to Juice Guru Radio. Find out more about us at juiceguru.com. Until next time, get your juice on.